Hi, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 105 today. I'm going to be honest with you, we are a little bit behind uh, with our workload this week, and so we haven't prepared a grammar point for you. But uh, no worries, I'm going to jump straight into the emails and comments. We've got lots of those to deal with today. Uh, they deal with like it's a bad thing. They're great. Um, we've got some really good messages this week. So I'm going to start off with uh, Beck by email. Sent a fantastic email, um, which just really put a smile on my face. Um, starting off here, dear Phil and Luke, I started learning Mandarin two months ago to cure pandemic boredom, but now I'm fully determined to become fluent in the language. I heard about your method in the beginning when I was doing research on different courses and the hands and moving method intrigued me. I had begun learning the language on one of the many gamification apps, which was fun in the beginning, but learning characters felt like a chore and trying to write alien symbols. Yeah, I found that a lot as well. It's uh, a lot of these apps, they look so amazing. They, they got, they're flashy, they give you these nice dopamine hits. Um, they're very gamified, as you say. But in terms of real substance, real progress in the language that's uh, often missing. I finally cracked down and uh, started paying for, I think you broke down, right? I've cracked down, never heard that one. Um, and started paying for a real course, Chinese for Us, which is one of the best reviewed courses next to your guys. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's really high quality stuff. They go into such great detail uh, with their explanations, um, and they're very competent uh, curriculum designers and very good teachers as well. While this course is great, it only goes up to HSK two and is a bit slower going because how of how thorough things are covered. Learning Chinese characters are still taught more in the traditional way, so I still struggled, even though I had a great foundation from their stroke order course. I eventually got Scritter, which helped out, but I still forgot a lot, and even with some simple mnemonics. Speaking of Scritter, I'm just going to jump in again here. Uh, I was chatting to Jake Gill, the uh, CEO of Scritter, recently. Phil and I both had a meeting with him and just seeing how we could possibly work together. And uh, although I don't think he'll be uh, the the app will be a replacement for Anki at this point because it's just it just doesn't quite do everything that Anki does, um, but we will definitely be creating uh, Mandarin Blueprint Scritter decks that we can use and you'll be, be able to have access to. So we'll just make all of the characters and all of the individual words that we supply on the course into Scritter decks. I'm not sure how long this will take. We're still in discussions about that. Uh, but the one thing that, uh, several things that Scritter does really well actually, but the main thing they do well is they just, they have such a satisfying, addictive writing uh, app that you, do, that you do with your finger. And it's just, I used it for many, many hours when I was learning Chinese. It's very, very addictive and very satisfying. And it works, you know, as long as you have a good method to back it up, like, to actually learn the characters and words um, separately. Uh, it's just a, really fun to review. Um, so that is something that's in the pipeline. Hopefully it wouldn't take more than a few months uh, to sort that out, maybe even a few weeks, let's see. But uh, anyway, just reminded me of that. Saw so you mentioned Scritter there. Yes, So, but Scritter alone, just like uh, Memrise alone, um, is not, although they're fantastic apps, they're, they're, they do what they do really, really well, that you can't use them by themselves, you know. Uh, so, yes, that's not going to work on their own, even if you do have some mnemonics, uh, some simple mnemonics with them uh, that go alongside with them. Finally, I took the time to read the ebook for the Hands and Movie Method and created a list of the sets, actors, and started to implement the method in the learning 
of characters. Now, I've learned more characters in the last two weeks than the rest of the two months combined, going from zero to well over a 140 and counting. While Chinese for us is a great course, honestly, without Scritter, Pleco, and the hands and mover method, it wouldn't be progressing as fast. So my goal is, once I reach HSK2, to switch over to Mandarin Blueprint, since I enjoy learning using this method so much. I used to despise writing characters and would rather type, but now it's a fun and enjoyable process to actually do writing practice. Yeah, it's, it's fun because you can actually do it and get it right most of the time with our method. Um, but if you're constantly failing and not writing them correctly, and, and yeah, that's not fun at all. So that's absolutely uh, completely normal. When I first read about the Mandarin Blueprint and the claims of general fluency, or basic fluency rather, in six months to a year, I honestly thought you guys were just spewing false advertising and grandiose claims. Yeah, that's that's understandable. And you know, even six months to a year to, for basic fluency, that's still a heck of a daily time investment that you'll need at least three hours uh, in order to achieve that for most people. And most people can't do that, right? Um, and of course, the speaking practice that you need as well. But it is possible, you know, it's possible to uh, get to a very basic level of fluency in that time with our method. Boy, do I think differently now. I'm learning an average of six characters a day, which to me, I thought may not seem a lot at first until I calculated that could be over 2000 characters in a year, which blew my mind. Yes, consistency is key. And I think it might be the most important thing about your entire about learning a language or any skill really is consistency if you do 10 minutes a day one character a day still going to get there as long as you consistently do it every day thanks so much guys for the hard work that went into developing your method you have boosted my confidence and have made learning mandarin a fun and enjoyable start to a lifelong journey Beck. thanks a lot beck great email and i especially like the last line a lifelong journey and we do we do make grandiose claims we do say uh, you can do this in six months because no one wants to click or or start a free trial of a product that says you'll get to advanced fluency and eventually when you know question mark time <laughs> depending on how much you're it's too long it's boring um, and it doesn't get people's attention at the end of the day um, so as long as you know we we say true things that uh, do, we must get people's attention it's it's just it's just a must it's the only way to get noticed. But we have to say that stuff in order to get people in the door, get, get a free trial going, just try the thing. But then once people actually start doing it, they realize eventually that, yeah, you can do such and such in so many weeks or months, but Chinese is a lifelong skill. I've been, you know, I wouldn't say I'm learning Chinese, like studying Chinese uh, for seven years, but I've, I've been involved with it for seven years. Um, I, I wouldn't classify my daily, <laughs> daily activities with Chinese as studying Chinese really it's just a part of my life now but I'm constantly learning new words constantly practicing constantly doing it and I will be for the rest of my life I mean it's not just because I've married a Chinese person and I'm in um, I'm I'm in the culture now for the rest of my life but um, it's not just because of that it's 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 a it's just a it's a passion you know, it turns into a passion for most people, I think. Um, and uh, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, so you've already noticed that, Beck. Uh, it's a lifelong journey, yes. And that's a good thing. It doesn't mean that, <laughs> again, don't listen to that lifelong journey, uh, that as a, as a phrase and think, oh, that means I won't, 
I have to spend an entire lifetime on it and I'll, I'll only get to this level. Don't worry about that. It's about enjoying the journey. Uh, it's not about the destination because the destination will never come. You will never fully master any language, even your own. You know, so you have to enjoy that journey. I hope that's clear. I felt like I was rambling, getting into rambling territory there slightly, but I think I'm all right. So thank you very much for that, Beck. Next is Rick Santos uh, by email. He says, uh, Dear Luke and Phil, thank you for your encouragement and tips about shadowing. Since I get easily tired when talking, more so when there is an effort like voicing out in Chinese, like pronouncing, uh, enunciating the Chinese words, yes, I pace myself in chunks of 10 minutes. That's perfect. Yeah, uh, that's. I don't know if you're doing that just of your own volition, but we also recommend doing that uh, in, by using things like time boxing. Um, I'm not sure if that's something that you're doing, uh, but I highly recommend that to everyone, especially for high intensity or boring activities, things that you don't really want to do um, the, or that you don't really have much energy for, but you have to do them, um, or things that are very, very t uh, energy and time intensive. Uh, small chunks of a few minutes each. Time yourself, set a timer. When a beep, beeper goes off, you stop doing it and you rest or you do something else. I resist the temptation to rush to the next lesson. I always resist, also resist the temptation to memorize sentences because I would forget them soon enough anyway. Correct, well done. Certain phrases can be good for memorization. Um, just things like the conversation connectors that we provide. If you just sort of drill those into your brain, uh, those can be good for just general uh, general phrases because they're quite, they're quite common and very useful. But generally, yeah, don't worry about memorizing sentences. The present setup makes use of the SRS and it takes care of this quite effortlessly. I'm getting familiarized with the words, phrases in context and I know I will meet these words again on their due dates. Good, that's patience. That's, that's a fantastic skill to develop um, when it comes to learning this language. So the first 10 minutes or until I get tired, I shadow the Anki sentences or dialogues as the cards come up. When tired, I just listen without looking at the screen and find out whether I understood what was said. Fantastic, really good, uh, good idea. I press R again for replay to listen. Then I look up and I see what were the words I did not capture correctly. At the same time, I try to understand the recording in the Chinese way. That is, if I understood the message right, the message of what's being said, the real meaning, as in, that's in essentially you could say that's the translation of what's being said. Most of the time, my own translation is not at all good or current English, but if the message is the same, then I'm good. Exactly, yes, translation is very flexible, let's say. If there are particular words or phrases that are new and strange to me, I replay the recording and focus on the coming word, if the sound of it will get accustomed to my ear. Only then I can say I heard the word, then I can practice writing them and study the meaning, e.g. Uh, I find all of them very engaging. My slow progress is perhaps due to my curiosity. When I see a new word like uh, I consult Pleco, two other books and a dictionary and delve into the meanings of the words based on the characters. I know it could be a waste of time, but I do enjoy deciphering and checking their origins and why they were used with that meaning. Of course, there are dead ends too. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would never say it's a waste of time if you're enjoying yourself. Um, and of course, as long as you're also getting something from it in terms of progress, which you certainly are, if you do this, if you spend your time studying, this is this is what I would say studying is is when you're you're looking at a piece of content or listening to a piece of content. You know, oh, I don't know what that was, and you go and look it up, and you see it in example sentences, and you do that. You know, you don't want to do that every time though, genuinely, because. 
um, well, that can get that can really slow you down and it's not necessary because you'll eventually learn the words you don't understand if you keep pushing through the course so it's a tough one i wouldn't i'd, I'd say certainly not a waste of time as long as you don't do it every single word that you miss every single word that you don't understand recording my own voice is an invaluable fact checker hmm that's that's, that's a great uh, phrase great way of putting it i heard myself reading uh mama baba like it was mama papa instead of Papa, warm-up is important, otherwise the recording won't be good. Yes, that's a good idea, especially when shadowing, for sure. I realize I cannot gloss over words when I'm tired vocally, and it will show, like noticing when I do not do the sandy rules for There's no tone sandy in that last one, but wu does have a, have a, it turns into a second tone sometimes, and many more. Annie and Jerry's differences come out very clearly. But I find this good training and preparation that there will be differences, but the context and emotional expressions will help me get the message. I also take time to review my movies and see why I missed out a couple of words. And then I edit some of them, especially when the room is not immediately coming out of the story. I tried listening to the podcast while preparing breakfast, but I got distracted in cooking, so I listened to the pod whilst washing dishes instead. Uh, if I wake up uh, at an earlier time, I'll review the Anki cards during the day. I read a line or two, write a line or two in chunks of 10 minutes in between hours. But study time is the afternoon before dance exercise. Then at night after supper, about three hours until I go to bed. So an average of about four hours per day. Fantastic. Well done. Uh, I missed Anki review only once, and that was when I was under the weather. <laughs> So this is my short feedback. One thing for sure is that I trust in your guidance and tips, so I try not to overdo things. I do not burn the midnight oil. I think the difference with other Mandarin courses on, uh, online is that MB is a tried and tested multidimensional yet holistic method with lots of technical aids, always with sincere and meaningful support from both Luke and Phil. And most of all, it's working. Yeah, that's the most important. On schedule as well. Thank you, Luke and Phil, Rick. Uh, well, level 20. Nice. So he's making great progress in the course. Yes, Rick's got, an, you know, he's got good consistency. He's, he's, he's developed a, a very strong habit there. And he's, but at the same time, he's got a good attitude. He's not, he's not trying to, uh, he's not being impatient. Patience is a key. Um, and saying, okay, I'm, I'm tired now. I'm going to stop. Or I'm just going to do a, a 10 minutes here, five minutes here. That's time management. That's another important factor that he's uh, employed in his life, in his daily habits. So I, I see uh, a bright future for Rick and uh, lots of progress. He's, he's going to see lots more progress uh, as he, if he keeps this up, which I'm sure he will. So well done, Rick. Rick also actually commented in the community, and I thought it was a, it's a very uh, interesting one. So let's go through this. In order not to confuse the tones for the for words not yet in my level, it's night level 19, is it wise to start a mini movie or at least to get the tones right? For example, for the tone of yuan as gong yuan and yi yuan, uh, they're different tones and maybe these come up earlier in the course and you know you want you, you haven't learnt the characters yet that that's what we call top-down words. Um, but you still want to sort of make an incomplete movie for them just to make sure they get at least the tone right. 
I just put my YU actor in the kitchen for Yuan, that's second tone. And for Yuan, my YU actor is in the backyard, that's fourth tone. The movie is incomplete, but it helps me in remembering the tones. I do not know if it's wise to start doing these incomplete movies at this stage. I have a separate notebook where I put my temporary movies. What is your experience in incomplete movies? I think it's fine to do, but it's unnecessary. That's my thought on it. Uh, you're clearly a very, very thorough, Rick. You're doing a lot of stuff that you don't really need to do, but you do it because, I mean, it does have a positive effect, like I, like I mentioned. It's surely going to have a positive effect, but it's just not always 100% necessary because you'll, you, you'll do it at some point later on. Um, but you enjoy doing it and it does help you, so that's fine. But in general, I would say uh, sounds fine, but not 100% necessary. That's all I would say. I, with stuff like this, I never like to say, oh, you shouldn't do that because I wouldn't do it because so many times people have come up with new ways of learning using our method that Phil or I wouldn't have thought of or wouldn't have suggested, but it actually works for a lot of people. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'm very, we're both very flexible when it comes to this sort of stuff. I don't want to be too dogmatic about any, any of this thing. So uh, anyone hearing this, go ahead and, and try that and let me know. And this is, a com this is a comment in the MB community. So go ahead and find Rick's um, message there. It's quite recent. And respond, let us know what you think. And Bihari on uh, Make a Movie for Ying or Ying, depending on the context. I mean, should 400 characters and approximately 700 words, not counting the top-down words, we also recognize due to frequency, which is at least another couple hundred. It is so very satisfying how much progress is possible. I echo everyone's expressions of excitement, enthusiasm, and gratitude for the course. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you, Anne. You've been with us for quite a while now. So I'm, I'm, I'm again, really excited to see what's going to happen once you get to the end of foundation, end of intermediate course and the end of our expansion, which is coming up at some point fairly soon. I say fairly soon, I would say within a year, <laughs> which is pretty soon relative to how you, know, how you see it. William Beeman on New Vocabulary Unlocked for Xianzai, which means now. Uh, he says, hi guys, is there a difference between 肚子很痛 or 肚子很疼? Both tong and tong seem to indicate pain and hurt, and they sound vaguely similar. Thanks, as always. So I saw this one and I thought this was a very interesting uh, comparison, like the tongue and tong, because it's all about, um, you know, as I, as, as I usually say, it's all about seeing it in context and things like that. And based on the context that I've seen these two words in, these two characters and words, um, I would say that they're pretty much interchangeable. But um, one is often used more commonly for certain types of pain or certain pain areas. Um, so let me give you a few examples. So, 肚子很疼 and 肚子很痛 both are fine. So long as those those uh, 疼 and 痛 are, are, have an adverb like 很 or uh, 真 or uh, 太 or 非常 or something like that, very or quite or rather uh, in front of them to separate them out, uh, they can both be interchangeable. Um, I think there's also certain areas of China that use use them more, like maybe in the up north they use tongue more common, things like that. Um, but yeah, essentially interchangeable in that context. Uh, but they're also used in compound words uh, as part of compound words slightly differently or pretty quite differently. So tongue, for example, what uh, I tongue you, I pain you which is short for what xin teng ni, I heart pain you, which is a compound fixed word, which literally means I've, there's no real 
that's probably an English word <laughs> that can be the equivalent, but my vocabulary in English is rubbish. But uh, yeah, I, I feel pain for you. I feel bad for you. Um, that's like a that's like a very common phrase. But uh, if you say "xin or "beitong," it's just sad pain, like tragedy pain. Um, so that's uh, that's that. There's definitely a difference in in the connotation there. And of course, pain um, as it's in itself. Uh, there's two main words for pain that I know, which is uh, one is "teng tong." Again, fixed compound word, "teng tong." You can you can never say "tong teng," right? It's not that doesn't mean anything. Um, and of course, you can say "tong ku," "tong ku," which is mainly again, it's more that. Uh, yeah, it's pain, but it's, it's often used to describe that sort of uh, emotional pain. And tong ku, um, like sad pain, just like I said with xin tong. Whereas teng tong is more physical pain. And that's just based on my, uh, just off the top of my head, based on my instinct, based on, you know, reading and listening and stuff like that. I could be slightly wrong on some of these, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure about them. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, so in terms of that individual context, ah, oh, something something hen tong or something something hen tong, ai tong, you know, oh ah tong, hao tong. Um, it's uh, you know they're pretty much interchangeable. I will say this though, when my wife was going through labour a few months back, she never said, oh hao tong hao tong. She never said tong. She only used tong. Now that may be because of where she's from. You know, she's up more. Than, she's a northerner. But uh, it could be to do with the severity of the pain. But then again, we had a USL that came. Uh, USL is a, it's a special Chinese thing where they have a, a lady come and live with you for a month while you like literally, I think, sit. Is it zuo as in sit? I don't know. I never read the characters for it. But uh, essentially, for a month after giving birth, you're supposed to not do anything. Um, and you have a, either your family, usually your family if they're around you, your mother, uh, mother-in-law, take care of you uh, whilst you just lie there and do nothing and recover and feed your baby, that's it. Um, some people don't wash as well for a month, <laughs> but I assure you that didn't happen in my house. Um, and uh, yeah, so, and uh, but also the USL is from the South and she would always, always, always say tong. You know, when you know, everything was going on, all the, all the recovery and breastfeeding, all that sort of stuff, which is very painful. Way more painful than I originally thought. Wow. Um, so, yeah. But uh, as she's saying, oh, I would say, okay. So, again, sorry, I can't be 100% sure of this stuff. Maybe a, a native uh, Chinese person, but I, I got the feeling that even native Chinese people would have differing views on this, depending on where they're from, their upbringing, their education level as well. So, that's the best I can do. So, the next one, oh, we've got another one from Rick. He says, Can uh, mafan be used to start a sentence asking for a favor? And uh, the answer is yes, but you would. it's usually in, with the pronoun as well. So, you say, ni blah, 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 blah. And then you would, yeah, it's just a way of saying, oh, would you mind, yeah, as in like, I'm troubling you by asking this. It's really common. Uh, I use it daily, especially when uh, talking to someone that's a bit uh, not so close with you. Um, you don't usually say this, uh, you speak to your friends or family or wife, husband like this. Um, you usually just 
say it, just go pick that up. <laughs> or a more common one is bang like help me and then the request. If you say mafani, it's very, it's a little bit more shuyuan. It's a bit more shuyuan. Uh, it's like a, it's a bit more distant, I guess, from them. You know, in, my, uh, in terms of relationship. Again, just based on my experience and my input. Um, yeah, bang blah blah blah, and mafani, blah blah blah. And then, of course, you can add a yisha on the end. Mafani, blah 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 blah, yisha. That's just like a really extra. Oh, would you mind, please, just yeah? It's like it really softens it up a lot if you do that. Uh, so it's a good idea to do. And then you add a shisha on the end before they've actually done it. <laughs> so the the most common thing you could say, pick that up for me, please. Right? If you really want to be polite about it, you can say mafani ba nega jian yisha, shisha. Right? So it's like three things on or bang wo, or maybe you could say mafani. Yeah, you can even add do all four. Is it? Mafani bangwo ba nega jian yisha xie So that's like all of the. So that's like four super. That'd be like ultra polite, and it wouldn't be weird actually. It'd just be oh, that guy's very nice, <laughs> you know. Uh, so that's a way of doing that. And next one is Gary Cheeseman on new vocabulary unlocked for hou tian. Uh, he says, "Woman hou tian jian." That's all zanmen. Zanmen is just me and you. Just me, the speaker, and the person he's speaking to. She's speaking to. Let's meet again tomorrow. Uh, sorry, day after tomorrow. Or see you. Uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see each other the day after tomorrow. But uh, Gary asks, uh, can it also be used in a metaphorical sense? As in, we will see. Because uh, he's seeing the word, the character jian there. Uh, which means to see, right? So he's taking that quite literally. And he's saying, can you also use this to mean, we will see or find out the day after tomorrow? And the answer is no. Um, but I thought I'd add this comment in just to, because it's quite a useful phrase. We'll see the day after tomorrow. We'll look at the results. We'll find out the day after tomorrow. It's really simple, actually. One of the most common ways of doing this is just to say, That's it. Just can as in like to look. Um, but uh, you, would say, you, you would use can for like, like, like to look at the results of something rather than jian. Um, Jen is more literally see to meet. So I uh, hope that's useful. There's a nice little phrase for you guys. Kamba. Or you could say, you know, Mingtian Kamba. You know, let's see what happens or let's see the results on uh, tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. Another one here. Just another really quick question that again I thought just it was just cool to share with you guys. Uh, Alex Sumray uh, asked on vocabulary unlock for May, so which is uh, little sister. He asked, I just wondered if there's a common way to say siblings. Say when asking if someone has any siblings. And the answer is, yeah. Like, you know, it's, as, it's the most Chinese word you could ever imagine. And when I say that, I mean logical. <clears throat> you literally, to say siblings, you say, xiong di jie mei. <laughs> you say, literally, which is literally, older brother, little brother, older sister, little sister. Do you have any of those? Right? But that's, again, that's a fixed compound word. 兄弟姐妹,你有兄弟姐妹吗?兄弟姐妹. Isn't that just poetry? <laughs> it's just so, so logical. It's poetic. Nacho uh, on, it's a word for fun. Fun, as in, uh, I guess you could say portion. He says, uh, so is there any difference between fun and quar or quai? Yi fun and yi quai or yi quai. 
uh, or both have the same meaning? Well, I can see why you asked that. Because if you look in the dictionary, fun and quiet, you're like, why would you get those confused? But um, you use fun for like dishes, right? Laifun, you know, gongbao jiding, kong pao chicken or whatever. That's, that's like a dish. Take a dish of that. But then a quiet is like a piece of bread or a piece of meat. So I can get how you might see the same. But no, they're very different in terms of uh, how they're used usually. So I've got a few examples here for you. So fun is you can use it for gifts. Yifen li wu, newspaper, bao zhi, yifen bao zhi, yifen he tong, contract, yifen bao gao, a report. So th think when you think of fun, think of like papers sort of stacked together. I'm not sure why they chose that for li wu though. Because when you think of a li wu, you think of a box, right? But maybe it wasn't the case. Maybe that's why. Um, I don't know. Maybe because, hmm. Maybe it's because money is usually given in China, and so these these. I'm just making stuff up. I'm just because thinking stacks of paper. You know, cash is often a very common uh, present in China. Just give you a hongbao, a red packet with some money in it. Maybe that's why it's fun. Who knows? I don't. But whereas ikuar uh, is a piece or a lump of something. So ikuar shito, a rock. Ikuar dangao. Uh, you notice I say quar, it's just a quite down guy, it's fine, but I just prefer quar. I think because uh, it's, not only is it more common, um, but it's it's just uh, it really you quite you quite you quite I tend to I just tend to hear quite said um, to mean fast, you know, it's a different character, of course, but quar saying quar just helps to uh, helps me to separate that out for some reason. You quite down guy, you quite down guy, you quite fades up a piece of soap, a bar of soap, rather. Um, Iquairo, a piece of meat. Yeah, it's uh, those uh, measure words can be pesky sometimes, you know, but uh, it just takes. I'm sorry to keep saying this. I know it can get annoying. <laughs> it just takes. Guess what? Exposure um, and practice. It's one of those things. It's kind of uh, a lot of the time they make sense. Um, sometimes they don't quite make sense. You have to really delve into the history of the word and why it's. You know, so for example, zhang. Um, 一张纸, uh, zhang is for flat, thin objects like pieces of paper. 一张纸, um, uh, or 一张桌子, 一张桌子, you know, for a table, flat. Um, yeah, whereas some of them are uh, sort of come out of left field a little bit. You're like, well, why do they use that measure word for that particular thing? But most of the time, they have pretty standard characteristics. Um, so, yeah. But uh, there's, there's always that Pareto principle, you know, 80% are pretty obvious and there's like that 20% that just give you the most trouble, give you 80% of the trouble. Um, but, uh, you know, again, it's a lifelong skill. You'll get used to it. The next one is from Igor. It says, I don't get the usage of da in da kai shu, like da kai. Well, uh, it's just part of a resultative complement. You know, it's uh, that, that, that type of structure of word where it's a verb result. You know, like a zhang gao, zhang gao, like to grow tall. It's a compound word, but it's just, and and for, I know it's weird though, isn't it? Because da means to hit. Um, and I could not say why da kai is 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 used for because you also use it for a phone to turn on a phone, um, or a switch uh, da kai. Um, 
to open a book, uh, as in the sentence here, Dak, he's not very violent whatsoever. There's no hitting involved. So I couldn't really uh, tell you why. It's just something, again, it's more of a rote learning top down. I'm sure there's a reason. There's always a reason why, but uh, I personally don't know. But yeah, it's, it's, it does. I get why you get confused about that. It's like, Dak, hey, like I'm hitting open a book. It sounds so violent. But then again, that is a, a cool bit of imagery to help you memorize the word for open, isn't it? Yeah, imagine someone punching a book. Some caveman, like not understanding how a book works, and he just bang, he hits. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, you know you'll you'll come across that every now and then. You go, it's just something you just got just got to roll with the punches, you know. The next one here is from um, Rick, uh, and uh, this one is an example of a very common issue that happens when you're sort of um, progressing from beginner to intermediate, that sort of level you can't quite see how uh, the division between words uh, and and characters and all this sort of stuff. And it's, it's, it's a really common thing. This is about moody. So moody is a goal, you know, so or a purpose. And uh, then he came across this word, which is moody di, moody di. How are they indifferent in meaning? Well, actually, moody di is literally your destination. If you break that down, it makes obvious. It makes sense, right? Moody is your purpose, your goal, and D is the ground, which will also be uh, location as well. So your moody D, your goal location, is your destination. And I can I can see several reasons why this would have thrown you off. Completely understandable. It's a you know it's a compound word made up of three characters, and they're usually two or four. It's most common. Um, so I can see why that threw you off. But yeah, if, if, hearing me say it like that, it becomes much more obvious, doesn't it? Moody D. Now, you'll hear that word a lot, by the way, when you're uh, using like a, an, an, a Uber or DD app. That's what they call it in China, DD. Um, you, you'll hear that very, Moody D. Or uh, no, actually, the mo I hear it most often in, in the, 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 the Uber, the DD. When I, I hear the voice of the app like saying, oh, quite dao mu di or something like that. The next one here is from Jiggy J. Diderick on Make a Movie for Liang. He says, would you recommend making a movie for characters you're already familiar with? Now, this, of course, comes up every now and then. This is, people have asked this many times, and it's, again, very understandable. And I always say the same thing, which is, do you really know the character? Can you... I, you know, you want to at least be able to uh, recognize it, know at least one meaning, and pronounce it perfectly. You know, right tone, right pronunciation, without any effort or very little effort. Then you really know it. And, and ideally, this is not a standard I hold myself to, so I'm not going to hold you to it. But ideally, be able to write the character without much effort. <laughs> right. So, but the, at least the first two out of three. Do you know that? And in which case, yeah, completely skip that character. Um, just learn the props, any new props that come up, as in uh, the 3D object that we get you to choose. Um, but yeah, apart from that, yeah, sure, just skip them, no problem. Rick Santos on New Vocabulary Unlocked for Mei Tian. He says, I like how Luke explained Ji Zhu as what we have memorized is currently living in our brain. The second part, Ji De somewhat resonates with my depiction of de as something that must grab. So ji de, to remember something as in, uh, oh, I, I remember now. And yeah, so it's ji de something. And of course, the different pronunciation of de is de, which means must. So 
uh, even of course the pronunciation is different in the compound word, that doesn't matter if you're trying to learn the word. This is called a mnemonic device, what Rick has done. I don't know if he's aware that he's just made a really good mnemonic. So I, he says, so I understand that Tida as a memory grabber and as Luke explains, it brings out what we are trying to remember. Thanks for the explanation. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna, this week, I'm gonna focus on making uh, a new video all about creating mnemonics. I'm gonna try and make it as high quality as I possibly can, Think not missing anything, like how to, really how to make um, word mnemonics uh, and create flashcards in order to learn compound words. Because Phil and I both think that uh, we've had a few people mention that um, they need more help with this in the course, and I th think it's one of our weaker points, so we're going to strengthen that, and I'm going to just once and for all make the ultimate video. Here's how to learn words uh, by and how to create all kinds of different mnemonics. Um, and, you know, Phil and I used to teach this. We spend, we'd spend hours teaching this every week live to people. Uh, coming up with associations and connections. So I've got lots of stuff to teach you guys. And uh, oh, another thing, we're also going to add, um, we'll, again, this is in the pipeline, I'm not sure, yeah, we've got so many things in the pipeline, but over the next few months, we're gonna add uh, intermediate <clears throat> cards uh, for words, as well as the characters and the sentences. Because that's something I'm looking forward to adding to the course, because um, lots of people have been requesting that, and, that's, and we like to listen to requests, uh, especially if they, you know, it's, it's uh, several times within a certain period of time. We'd definitely like to listen to that. Um, oh, by the way, I also started uh, I started a new category in the MB community called, uh, I can't remember what I called it now, <laughs> actually off the top of my head. But <clears throat> it's an area where you can, uh, I think it's course ideas, like ways to improve the course or things to add to the course that you'd like. Um, you, can, you can add it there. You can go to the MB community and think, oh, I wish it had this. Uh, it's often you'll probably think of stuff and it's actually we do have it but it's just further down the course because remember the course is very very big um, but uh, please if you think of anything especially if you're quite far into the curriculum that you want to add or you think that will make the course way better uh, let us know <clears throat> and also just another side uh, aside um, I think that uh, we're also going to create at some point soon, again, we've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline, but at some point soon we're gonna create um, an, a set, an optional Anki deck for um, vocabulary words for the intermediate and later on the expansion as well. Um, because we've had a few requests from people, again, we listen to you guys, uh, that saying they kind of find the, the word cards, the individual word cards uh, useful. And even though, of course, there's a lot of extra work, you know, how many words we have? 4,000 words, um, uh, 3,500 in the intermediate, you know, so that's a lot of extra cards for you to review. But still, people don't mind, people, especially like people like Rick, who, who just, they'll, they'll, they're happy to just put in the extra work as long as it gets them somewhere. So that's, uh, that's in the pipeline too. The next one is uh, Michaela on it's a word for quai, which uh, is, means fast. I kind of mentioned that earlier. For the first sentence, the second fei is the second fei optional, as in fly, because we know the subject is an airplane. So could we say, fei ji quai qi la? Okay, so the full phrase or the sentence is, fei ji, the plane, quai yao, very soon, in the near future, qi, fei la, qi. Fei is a fixed compound word, and it means take off for a plane. And yeah, it's a fixed compound word, so you can't just throw away the fei. 
it's it's and, and again this is exactly it's you know Michaela I, I mentioned it before so it, it happens all the time when, you, when you're just getting to grips with the language you're starting to get the hang of things but you still haven't fully gotten used to reading um, when does one word end and when does one begin how do I know whether this word is a fixed compound word or is they just going together temporarily they can ha have some stuff put in between them it takes a while to get used to um, but yeah, I like these kind of questions. These kinds of questions mean that you're noticing language, you're, you're um, really thinking about each character. And that's when connections are happening all the time. And you're, even if you get stuff wrong, you're, you're improving um, because you're, you're, just, you're taking in uh, the, 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 the finer details of what you're looking at. So that's great, Michaela. But no, you can't do that, I'm afraid. So have to say, you have to say the full, you have to say qi fei, that means take off. Qi doesn't mean anything really in this context. The next one is from Paulette uh, on special effects and memory athletics. And it's just such a great comment. She says, <laughs> this really made me laugh. She says, I am almost alarmed at how much fun I'm having with this so far. I think I might put that on the, the, the header of our website. <laughs> That's such a, a great um, testimonial, one-line testimonial. I love the imagination and creativity involved. And you're right, I'm not going to forget the image of Sean Connery hurling razor blades in my kitchen. I imagine it ricocheting off su su the super old 70s green refrigerator my grandmother had just for fun. Why not? <laughs> Thank you very much for that, uh, Paulette. Sebastian uh, Lessard on It's a Word for Sure, which means to speak. He says, I'm curious at what level will we have enough words to begin reading part of your course? Now, I don't know exactly where you are. I can't, I don't know off the top of my head, but Shaw is pretty early in the, in the course. So once you get to level 21, <laughs> no, sorry, level 13. Once you get to level 13, that is the beginning of phase three. And at that point, you've built up mm, probably, uh, well, definitely 104 characters. And I think that comes with at least 80, I think at least 60 to 80 words. I can't remember again off the top of my head, sorry. But a, a handful, a nice handful of characters and words. Now by that point, what we do is we unlock, we show you a bunch of sentences that you can now read based on just those 104 characters, which is really, really cool. And that's in level 13, right? You unlock those and you get a bunch of uh, sentence cards. So that's when you start reading is, is level 13. Um, now, during between level 13 and level 21, the entirety of phase three, there'll still be a lot of sentences that you'll unlock that you won't know every character for or every word. These are called top-down words. Um, but we still put them in because we don't want you to necessarily only be limited to the characters you, what you've, that you've learned, not only because it's really hard to come up with uh, example sentences based on such a limited vocabulary, but also... You don't want to pure. You want to uh, be able to see stuff that you don't, uh, you haven't learned the characters for as well, um, especially if they're really, really common, uh, because you can get an experience, a feel for them, and then when you go to learn their character, that the characters that make those words up, it's just really cool. You unlock them, and they're no longer top-down words. Um, and also, you know, you can sort of learn words top down without learning their characters it's just a bit more it's more akin to uh rote learning through exposure but um but as long as that's uh, like we we can't try and keep that to 10 percent or lower of any sentence that you would see um because it's just nice to see like that i plus one that's that's the concept that we're going for there so it's like 
your I, I is your level, the letter I, that's your level, and plus one is one above your level. It keeps a challenge, it keeps you engaged, uh, and the, the rest of the course is, is sort of like that as well, or at least phase four uh, is like that. So when you get to phase four at level 21, you'll start to see uh, not only example sentences, but you'll start to, uh, as you see these example sentences, they unlock longer form pieces of content. And by the, you know, a lot of these pieces of content during phase four, you only know 90% comprehension. So it's not very much, you know, it's, 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 it sounds like a lot, but actually it's not enough. You, you, if you're trying to read a book with 90% comprehension, it would be quite a frustrating experience. But because you only lock these phrase, these longer form pieces of content after you've seen every sentence in your flashcards several times, and yeah, each, each one of those sentences has a few, or at least one, maybe a few top-down words. So it's, it's like, but it's, it's, you master them individually. It's enough to get the message of each sentence. And you start to get used to these top-down words uh, through exposure. And by the time it unlocks, a lot of, of top-down words still, but you can understand it. You're used to them. You've, you've been exposed to them quite a lot. And you know what? Once you get to phase five, you don't just have longer form pieces of content, you unlock paragraphs and those paragraphs unlock entire stories. And it's the same thing. I should also point out that by the time you get to phase four, reading individual sentences is not no longer really that much of an issue. You don't, you, you very rarely see a sentence where you're like, huh? Uh, or you need loads of time to get used to it. So it's like, we like to structure the course like that. So it's like you start to master one thing so you feel awesome, but we also don't want things to get too easy. Yeah, so we start throwing in some longer, longer pieces of content. That so you're you're always you're always reaching for that next ne next level, you know. Uh, and I think the basic the way we've structured it so far, uh, I think we've at least approximately hit that sweet spot of uh, difficulty. You know, like a game. If you play a game where it's, it's, it's if it's too challenging, it's, it's like ah, forget this. I'm going to get a new one. If it's too easy, like ah, forget this. This is boring. We want to get into that flow state sort of in the middle you know i'm sure it's not perfect but i think we've done pretty well with that based on the feedback that we get from you guys so there you go sebastian that, that it's a it's a gradation of reading so you start with individual sentences and phrases and then by the you know by the time you get to level uh, 36 you're you're reading long form pieces of content pretty well you know you're starting to anyway uh yes you have lots to look forward to Next is uh, Dom Thompson uh, with a great, really good, uh, this is probably one of the most useful comments we can get as uh, the course creators because it's, it's Dom has spent a lot of time with our curriculum and he's made a lot of progress. And this is um, just very, <clears throat> like a little, it feels like more of like a report on his progress for purely for our, our research purposes uh, and also to help other people on the course uh, adjust their expectations and, and know what to, what they can personally expect depending on how much they invest. So it's it's so useful uh, for everyone involved. So I really appreciate that, Dom. Uh, please keep this sort of comment coming. Um, so he's on jiao, uh, as in shui jiao or jiaozi, which means dumplings. And he says, as an indicator of how quickly I'm going through the course, I just sat down to learn 10 characters and it's taken 40 minutes with minimal distractions. Now, when he says 10 characters, he doesn't mean just the, I'm, I'm, I don't think, I'm correct if I'm wrong, Dom, but I don't think you mean just the character by themselves. Because by this point, I'm sure you can do a character in 30 seconds, right? Learn a character. 
Um, when he when he says uh, ten ten characters, he probably means all of the words that are unlocked and all the sentences that comes with that. Okay, so not just learning because by this level as well, you can sometimes unlock ten words after learning one character. Um, so that's really impressive speed what he's doing there. So ten characters and taking forty minutes with minimal distractions. Sometimes it's a bit quicker if there aren't many new words unlocked. Ah, yes. Uh, sometimes it takes longer if the sentences trip me up, but this feels like a good average indication for this stage in the course. Dom is uh, in the intermediate course by now, I think. It definitely feels like it's getting faster because reading the sentences is much quicker. So this is very much related to Sebastian's question, my my big explanation of what <laughs> of, of your progress. It definitely feels like it's getting faster because reading the sentences is much quicker. Ten new characters in a day used to feel so feel much more daunting but now i can manage 20 or even 30 on a weekend day by doing a few of these chunks of course there's still the anki which takes up more time so i'm because you have to review everything you learn so i'm doing about two or two and a half hours a day in total to get through an entire level per week i'm on track to finish the course uh, in mid-november the entire course that's 4,000 words 1,530 characters the entirety of the foundation and intermediate mid-November, August, September, yeah, so September, October, November. Just about a couple of months from now. Having started pronunciation at the start of February, I invested less time per day before lockdown and stalled for about a month in March, so I reckon two hours per day for nine months is a fair indicator of my progress through the whole course. I haven't done the Conversation Connectors deck yet and only did the required sentences early on. I'll go back to CC, conversation connectors when I start speaking more, but I think leaving out the optional sentences was the right call at the time. I thought I'd come back to these, but now they'd be far too simple. Interesting. Now that is such valuable feedback, you know, because I've said this before several times, but we, we created this course based on our instinct of what it's like to be a learner. And we created we created everything you see based on, oh, I think this was how, this was how this is what I would want uh, if I was at this level. I think, or Phil, me and Phil would like brainstorm. Like, I, when do you think they're ready to read? Oh, I think level thirteen. It feels right, and our feelings have been fairly accurate. We've been wrong about some stuff, but we fixed. Um, but generally, this this kind of feedback it helps us to make very important tweaks for where to place stuff, and we always take uh, heed of these kinds of uh, these kinds of suggestions, especially for people like Dom who have spent so much effort and invested so much time and energy in, in what we're doing. Um, so that is very, very key. You know, uh, the optional sentences, uh, if you do, if they are optional, if you do leave them out, then later on, they, they'd be too simple. And you, you wouldn't want to, it's almost a waste of time by that point, because by the time you get to Dom's level, you get to the end of, you know, you're approaching the end of the intermediate course, Reading individual sentences, whilst we definitely want to keep them in the course, because they're just they're very surgical, they're very efficient. Learn a sentence, oh, sorry, re, you know, review a sentence several times to understand how the word is used. But uh, we want to focus, sort of tweak the focus more to uh, not only more complex sentences, but really longer form content, you know, and start to push you on to okay, now you're just reading and listening and practicing with a tutor. That's what you're doing. Um, so yeah, very valuable. We'll be, we'll be discussing that at some point soon. Thanks, Dom. Next is uh, Andreas. 
he says uh, for D. Oh, okay. So this was in regards to a question. He's like, why is? I think it was Andreas that asked, asked it originally. Yes. He says, why is Xin, you know, to mean like trust or believe, like as in Xinyang or Xiangxin? Why is that also letter? <laughs> you know, because you can say, uh, you know, write a letter. It's like, why are those two the same? And then you look into, oh, Outlier, by the way, big shout out to Outlier. It's a, it's a great way of, I wouldn't say it's like, a, I don't know, actually, in terms of like learning characters from scratch. I still think the hands and moving method is like the best method out there. But Outlier is just so good. They've, they've just got such great research into every single character, the etymology, the history, the, the, where, the origins of each character, where they came from. Um, which is just so fascinating if you're into the language, you know. So, the Outlier Dictionary, which I think it's like it's, it's you know it's a it's a paid add-on for Pleco, but uh, high, well, I would highly recommend it if you're into Chinese, and it's a lifelong thing for you, or you know you're not even lifelong, you're definitely going to study it for a few years. Get Outlier Dictionary. Um, <clears throat> it's fascinating. So the Outlier Dictionary in Pleco gives me the following definition: tree for sin. Okay. Oh, this, oh, definition tree, as in like you know, family tree. Okay, I get you. Um, so number one, honesty, to trust, to believe. Uh, number three, person who delivers letters, as in a trustworthy person, only used in ancient texts. Ha! Huh, there's the connection. And four, a letter, correspondence, message, information. So that that and by the way, that small bit of information is really difficult to find for an, a native English speaker. All right. So. Um, which is what makes their their add-on so so good. It just saves you so much time. You have no idea how much time that would actually take to look up. Of course, you'd have to have advanced knowledge of Chinese and English um, in order to delve into that and then be able to dis, you know to discern what's true and what's not. So, really appreciate that. Um, so that makes complete sense. Of course, I would only have a person I trust to deliver my letters. Of course. I was just not sure if we'd covered this alternative meaning of the character before. I don't think we did. No, uh, probably not. But we would, we would have a, an example sentence somewhere in the course for that. But yeah, maybe it's a good idea to list it here in this lesson. It's so awesome how Chinese employs such stringent and precise yet simple structures for its expression and so efficient as well. In that way, it is definitely the most beautiful constructed language of the ones I have learned. And those are quite a few. Well, thanks for that input. We'll just leave that there on, on the course. It's going to be great for someone else to discover. Thanks, Andreas, for taking the time. And one more here from uh, Rick in terms of the emails and uh, lessons, that, uh, comments and messages we've had. Um, on level 35, <coughs> conversation connector. Uh, he says, Again, I add the R because it just sounds better for me speaking. Uh, I need to feel how the parts work together so I can remember it. Yeah, I can't get a handle on this one. Can you please break it down a little? Yeah, it's all about understanding xian, which Chinese people would often translate into Chinglish when they would say English as first. So, <clears throat> but it's just basically um, a way of rounding something up. So you'd say, oh, what sends all that? It's not literally, because xian means first, right? What sends all that up? It doesn't mean literally uh, I'm going to leave first before everyone else, haha. But it's 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 kind of that, but it's more like um, you're rounding things up. You're the one 
ending this interaction. I, that's that's my feeling behind it. Um, but you can also say, "Xian dao zhar ba, xian dao zhar." It's just a way of softening things up to say you're ending something. Um, I, I might be wrong about the exact explanation, but that's the feeling I've got from hearing and using it for so many years. Um, so it's that's why it's thrown you off because it doesn't literally mean I'm going to first arrive here. Uh, but basically, what woman xian dao zhar ba, which li literally means let's call that let's call it a day for now let's call it a day for now let's stop here we xian dao zhe that's like i guess you can uh xian means uh let's end this yeah and uh, i'm the one doing it so i'm going to say xian uh you can also say what xian zhou la i'm going to end our interaction i'm going to go but i'm going to say if, if you just say what what's all up it that's fine too but xian zhou is just a bit more polite um you know that, that's that's my that's my feeling of that. So uh, that's how you should think. That's the only two co uh, contexts that I can remember it being used in, but hopefully that would help you out there, Rick. All right, next we're going to go through the movies we've had this week. We had a few come in. The first one is from Robert Carver for Make a Movie for Ting, which means pavilion. It's a prop. It's a very obviously fairly rare. It's a rare word, but it's used in the character as a prop. Uh, character for Ting, which means stop. Um, so let's see what Robert has to say about this one. Tyra Banks is in the kitchen at the Lake O apartment. Uh, that's ENG with Abraham Lincoln, which would be the, the sort of the top hat, the sort of roof. Uh, uh, yeah, the roof. And, no, not the roof. Sorry. The top hat with the mouth sort of combined together. Furiously fighting off a horde of vampires from the movie Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which I haven't seen. Uh, Abe wields his harpoon while Tyra swings a bloody meat hook. There are so many vampires that they are backed up into a pavilion where after a fierce battle they stand victorious in the middle of the pavilion and Abe <laughs> swoops Tyra into a kiss as the camera zooms out and up into the sky centered on the pavilion with the dead vampires circled around it. Wow, that is probably a better ending than the actual movie Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> I'm just, I'm harshly judging it based on the name. I'm sure it's very entertaining. But well done, Robert Carver. That was a, a great scene. And you've used that camera angle at the end, just zooming out with the kiss. I, I, I don't think I can improve on that myself. Well done. Next, we have Ramona on Make a Movie for Nan, as in difficult. And she says, my N actor is trying to play on his new beautiful Chinese flower pot drum. His cute green talking parrot keeps repeating. It's difficult. It's difficult. You bet it's difficult to work with somebody who keeps interrupting. Yes, I like uh, Ramona always puts in like the, the audio aspect, the, the, the let's call it the, um, the script, you know, not the script, the, uh, the lines, the, the lines, the taizu. Um, and uh, we can we can assume that there's an obvious sort of uh, physical because I, I I tend to say I feel like a bit of a broken record because I'm sure Ramona's doing this in her mind anyway but she's just not mentioning it in the description. Obviously, you want that idea of Nan shown on his face. You know, he's, he's like trying to play and it's like he's struggling and then he gets interrupted by the bird and he's like, oh, it's hard enough as it is. Can you stop? <laughs> you know, and he's struggling and you maybe play that a couple of times. So you've got that Kodak moment. Um, 
but uh, I'm sure you're doing that anyway. It's a, it's a great concept, very simple, and uh, yeah, you know, it shows the idea of difficult on a couple of different levels, which is great. Next is from Tyson on Make a Movie for E, which means easy. Uh, since this character is a component in many other characters, I think that it would be good to make a separate prop for it. Maybe a Staples, that was easy button, or a can of easy cheese, or easy E. Or, yeah, so Tyson has been like giving suggestions, and most of these, the reason why we didn't <clears throat> create this as a prop here is because it's not useful enough. It is used in a lot of characters, but not within the current course where you are. Um, but so all, all we, you know, it doesn't make a difference to us because all we were going to do is get you to make a prop for it later uh, when you're about to use it in a bunch of characters. Um, but you can always just do it now if you like. So you can follow Ty uh, Tyson's uh, advice or you can just wait for uh, our new decks to come out with the new expansion, things like that. Uh, last one here is Evan Hall, make a movie for Qi, which means, uh, well, we mentioned it earlier, didn't we? Uh, it's in Qi Fei. So it usually means like rise, to rise up, um, or to start. Kate is in my childhood home in the bedroom. She is moonwalking around a snake eating itself. That would be obviously the snake-like S component. Little did she know that this was an ancient ritual, and the snake began to rise up into the air and float. Oh, so moonwalking. So what you've done there, Evan, you've chosen moonwalking, uh, that action as a prop. We don't usually uh, recommend that um, because it's, you know, although that's a very memorable action, what you're doing there, it, it, and it's probably absolutely fine, you know, for most people, most situations, but every now and then you're like, oh, my actor is moonwalking and I want him or her to be doing something else, but they have to moonwalk because that's the prop. So you're sort of taking up that, act, you know, you know what I mean? You're taking up that, that um, potential pair of hands. It's easily solved. You can either just bring in a copy of your actor, which we recommend, or an extra to do the other stuff, or you can just change your prop to Michael Jackson. <laughs> moonwalking. You know, or it doesn't even have to be moonwalk moonwalking. He represents walking, moonwalking, so that would work too. Um but either way I I I like that, except for that little bit, which I would recommend tweaking perhaps. Um the actual concept and the scene itself is fantastic. Very simple rising up and the air and floating an ancient ritual yeah works for me so well done everyone thanks a lot for your messages this week that was really helpful and just inspiring to read some of them uh, it's great so keep those coming and if you've got any issues uh, at all get in contact with us at contact at mandarinblueprint.com and we'll get you sorted uh, so thanks very much and i will see you in a couple of weeks Bye bye